Ebullient greetings. I'm your host, Jackie Bird of Jackie Bird Spiritual Wellness, your guide to stress and anxiety relief, mindfulness, awareness, self-care, self-love, and personal growth. Welcome and thank you for joining me as we roll with peace in mind. Today's riff is Lessons in Forgiveness and a bit of my journey. We seem to think that if we give our forgiveness, we are giving the offender in our eyes a pass. No way. Forgiving doesn't condone what the person did. It doesn't green light the behavior. Remember, they have to live with themselves too. No matter what happens, whether they get away with it or not, what stories they tell and justification, no matter where they go on the planet, what they did is etched within them and you cannot escape yourself. Wherever you go, there you are. Forgiveness doesn't say, oh, it's okay. It's fine that you stomped all over me and treated me as if I were this expendable thing. Forgiveness doesn't say that at all. She says, release yourself from the anger, hurt, pain, fear, and guilt. Unchain you from you. Untangle yourself from these feelings you harbor on a past occurrence that you cannot change. There is nothing in the recycling of those feelings that serve you any good. It is detrimental to your health, to your well-being. There is nothing in the replaying of those events that serve you as long as you view them through the clenched jaws of a closed heart. Being unforgiven is akin to sentencing yourself and living in a spiritual jail with you as the bail bondsman, judge, jury, warden, and parole officer. You are never free from that bondage of pain, fear, guilt, and anger. You are never fully free to be freely you. You are you with conditions in the form of bulky baggage, and it affects every single relationship you are in or will be in. Forgiveness urges us to put down them bags. They are way over the limit to fly, and you cannot benefit from the fruits of life nursing a grudge about some ish that happened in past tense. You can't. Man, if I didn't learn to let go and forgive, I would be an old wrinkled up prune continuously circling the wagons of anger and bitterness because I was still mad about things that occurred in my past. And I'm telling you, there's a lot of stuff in my past that I could be very, very angry about. But being furious wasn't helping me. It was hurting me. It was hurting me in my relationships. The fury only kept me locked up and a victim. I come from a family of gold medal winning Olympic grudge holders. The best in the business. Nobody can keep a grudge better than those folks could. I remember feeling pretty bad one time. One of my uncles had called me and he was totally bereft over the sudden death of his brother, my uncle. But you know what he was torn up about the most? It was that they had not spoken 
He had not spoken to his brother for two years over a stupid, stupid argument. It was over. Who was responsible for the sidewalk in front of the decedent's house? Mm. This whole argument that they had and the fact that they weren't speaking was a part of a pattern. It was a lifestyle in my father's family. It was a pattern. It was the way of being for those siblings. Fight over stupid-ish, not speak for eons, make up repeat. And in this case, that pattern played out until it reached the grave. Damn, that was my father's family when they got together. Hurl verbal vomit at your opponent and turn the family gathering that your elderly mother with the bad legs stood on all day to make up all your favorite foods from scratch. Fill your belly with all the love that went into the meal and then the arguing family dynamic took over. It seemed like they got along from what I remember when I was little I remember it seemed like everybody was laughing and having a good time. But that all went to poop after my mother died. She was 32. I was nine. Nine years old when my mother died. There was so much blame going around and a lot of hurt feelings in that family. A lot of, I'm right and you're wrong and this is the way you're supposed to do this and you should do it this way and you stupid because you won't do it this way. Oh my gosh, all of that was flying around. And little me was caught up in all of it. And I still to this day do not know the cause of my mother's death. All I know is one night she was taken to the hospital. I was in bed. I saw the stretcher go by. Nobody said anything to me. I just see the stretcher go by. The next morning I got some rushed explanation. I was not allowed to go to the hospital. Back in those days, uh, children were not allowed to the hospital. And um, I found out in later years that my mother actually had been in a coma, but that was not said or told to me at that time. And so two weeks later, she was no more. I was staying with uh, my father's mother at the time. And when I got home, my dad had either given away or thrown out much of her stuff, all of her stuff. So when I asked about the jewelry, because I loved her jewelry, it was gone. And then five months later, after numerous babysitters that all wanted a piece of my dad, there's a new woman in town who was his new wife. Five months after the death of my mother, he remarried. And I don't remember ever seeing her until the night before they got hitched. They didn't say they were going to get married. I knew they were going out. That's all I knew. And the next morning, I was unceremoniously informed that there was a new overseer in charge. I tried to like her, but I had just lost my mommy. And now I'm supposed to call you mommy? And none of the adults in the equation seemed to think it necessary to check in with me and see how I was doing in all of that change. So... I went from a pretty charmed life to one of abuse, damn near poverty, and much sadness. Poof, just like that. The new wife was quite mean and said pretty awful things to me, like my dad was first, my brother was next, followed by herself, and I was last. She was also the source of one of the worst beatings I had received in my young life. 
I was cleaning the bathroom and, um, she wanted me to stop so that, so that I would try on this dress she was making for Easter. And I was tired and I didn't feel like it. And I went, <sighs> so she went and told my father I was being rude and he beat me badly. He beat me with, mm, at least two belts. There might've been three belts, but I remember two belts. He beat me with two belts until they each broke. And then he went in the backyard and got a switch and whipped me with that. And then when that broke, he slapped me, backhanded me to the ground. I got up. He backhanded me again to the ground. That's how hard he hit me. Knocked me to the floor. I was 10. When I started menstruating, stepmom made it sound like I had done something wrong. She yelled at me and made me feel like I was a bad person. How dare I? Like I had done something I wasn't supposed to do. Now my dad was a full out alcoholic by this time and my home life only got worse as the years went by and he became more angry, unhinged and abusive. But this time the abuse was aimed at her primarily. And when I turned 16, he almost choked her to death. I screamed for him to stop. And that's what kept him from killing her. I will never forget the look in his eyes. He was not there. There was no, there was no human being in those eyes. It was pure insanity. Oh gosh. And you know, the horror stories continued until I was 24 and you know, once I got out of college, I was pretty much the breadwinner and giving money, uh, for the various bills and whatever. But I was thrown out of the house one cold December at midnight with two bags. The rest of my belongings were locked inside. Um, because he said, once you go out the door, you can't come back in. There were three doors. I figured, Hey, I get out one door. I can go back and get the rest of my stuff. Nope. He locked the door. And that was because he got mad because I told my brother I was going to move four days in four days time. And so he got mad. I told my brother before I told him my plan was to move out on new year's Eve. There are actually way too many horrors to speak of in this forum. But during that time period, I lived two lives, the one at home where as far as living conditions, they were kind of appalling. Um, you know, something was always broken, you know, the refrigerated door, the oven, the, no glass on the back uh, door. There was no, <laughs> there was no door on the bathroom at one point, heat and hot water. What was that? And, um, then of course it was always my dad who was like a tornado. You saw the darkening of the clouds and you knew a storm was coming. And then the drinking just escalated. And then, you know, he'd have my, my, his friends over and they come to socialize and they drink and get high. And then, um, <laughs> one night, one of, one of them mistook my door at this point, we had a door in the bathroom, I think, but he mistook my door, which was right next to the bathroom. He mistook it for the bathroom. He entered my room and he pissed on the floor. He just missed my books. <laughs> I remember being in total shock, but then it was kind of funny. Um, I, I, you know, but anyway, um, and then my dad had a friend. He also had a friend 
who came to the house, who gave me the downright creeps. He would always undress me with his eyes as he witnessed my growing up self from a child into a young lady. And, um, you know, then there were always the insane demands and proclamations issued by my dad, like deciding he wasn't going to help me to go to college. He wouldn't fill out any of the financial aid papers. So I couldn't even qualify for a scholarship. Whew. Yeah, life for me was a dance in survival. And then there were those tumultuous family gathering fights. Oh boy. But on the other hand, when I was out of the house, I was quite outgoing and an A student in school until I started cutting classes in the 10th grade. But that's a whole nother story. Anyway, I did end up graduating one time. I got skipped. Um, I graduated college early, all that other stuff. But anyway, they, no one knew outside of my home what hell was actually going on in my life. And I am forever grateful to the beautiful souls who affected me during those times. I had great friends and two cousins who weren't really my cousins who were really, really cool. And I had this amazing teacher in high school. She was my first dance teacher. She was, oh, she'll always be Mrs. Meisner to me, even though she's insisted I call her Jeannie, which still feels so weird. But in her class, I could really fly. In her class, I was free. In her class, my imagination had full reign. That's when I began to express myself as a choreographer, fully express myself in that way. And I also had a kick-ass teacher for writing, Mr. Levy. Oh man, Mr. Levy, wherever you are, I don't know if you're still here on earth. I never ever got a chance to say thank you, but I thank you from the bottom of my heart. You were a lifesaver for me. So there are teachers beside the ones that I have named that I am forever ever, ever, ever grateful. Teachers, I, choreographers I worked with in college that uh, showed me the world through their eyes and made me dream even bigger. They were my, my blessings. So I am forever in gratitude to all of those souls that crossed my path when I was a young person struggling and having a kind of hellish home life. My adult life was riddled with my share of disastrous and sometimes dangerous relationships. There was one uh, a relationship I was in. We could have been killed one night. Oh, boy. Also, in that time period as I was living and I was a young adult and experiencing my life in freedom, my dad didn't talk to me for 20 years. And he also almost sabotaged my wedding. But... In those 20 years, I always tried to reach out to him. And you may go, why in the hooping Hades would I want to talk to him? I wanted to talk to him because he was my dad and I loved him. Yep, simple as that. I have shared with you a couple of the horrors but it wasn't, he wasn't just all one thing. He was charming, he was funny, he was witty. He was pretty much bordering on genius and I think that was part of his madness. He was extraordinarily frustrated in his life. I know, or I feel, that he did not get what he felt he should have and that his life and his dreams were cut short in some regards. And he was also a product of a very tumultuous time in our history with white only, colored only. That was real. He was coming up through that. 
part of the civil rights movement. He was a young man during that time and black power and black Panthers and all of that. He was a young adult. A lot of these things made impressions upon him. I think the bitterness and the anger is what kept his brilliance from really having free reign. But I saw that brilliance and I saw those tender times and I was the recipient of that. And I'm grateful that he gave me my appreciation for nature and curiosity and knowledge because we always talked about what books we were reading, you know, the stick to and uh, discipline. He was that for me. He instilled those things in me and he also showed me how not to be. The part of me that loved him was the part of me that wanted to be connected to him. And through the years, I wanted and still do want to evolve, to be more as my better, wiser self. And in that journey, I learned that forgiveness is a huge, important key. All of our stuff comes out in our relationship with ourselves. And that can be a hard pill to swallow. We want to blame people. We want to hold others responsible and account accountable for our ish. But everything ultimately boils down to perspective. Yeah, I had a rough childhood, but there were a lot of beautiful people and moments in that. So it wasn't all bad. It was hard but it wasn't all bad. So when I look back on that time and I'm sharing some of the awful things with you, but the, the bigger picture and the bigger message message here is that it, as I just said, boils down to perspective. Are you going to allow past hurts to eat you up, turn you bitter and scared? Every time you choose to be unforgiving, that's what happens. There's a portion of you. I believe that dies. Are you, going to look for the lessons contained in those situations. Will you see though painful, they contribute to your life journey and they are only things that happened. Those things that happened are not you, no matter what happened to you in your past, they are not you. They are not who you are. They are part of your journey. They're like pages in a book, part of your experience. And you can choose to hold those things with anger, or you can look at those things as what is here for me to learn. When you can get to a place of forgiveness, it's like unhitching a too tight bra or a pair of pants, like taking off a pair of shoes that make your feet howl. <laughs> as I explored my own personal growth and began to let go of baggage, I saw that people do the best they can with what they know, myself included. And I ultimately forgave my dad because as I was trying to make sense of my own life, I began to see him as a human who was trying to make sense of his life, of himself, and in the world in which we live. He had a lot of anger stored up in him long before I hit the scene. He and my stepmom were raised in a time and place that instilled them with so many antiquated views on life and living and a lot of fear. They were filled with so much ignorance and unyielding attitudes. So how could they possibly recognize someone else's pain? They were so filled with pain. They were ill-equipped to deal with mine. 
all of the adults in the equation. Does it condone what was done, what was said? Nope. But when you forgive, the past no longer has you in thrall. After 20 years, my dad and I reconnected with the help of my brother. And we established a relationship six years before his death. Forgiving my stepmom took a bit longer. But in being in touch with my dad, it was exhausting to keep up the hate-filled thing with her. Just decided that I had enough. I'm not going to keep the hostilities up with her. No matter how she came at me, I decided to forgive her and to remain calm and cordial through her sniping. Over time, her attitude toward me shifted and we became friends. By the time Danny transitioned, our bond was forged. If someone years ago told me she and I would become fast buddies in this lifetime, I'd have thought they needed to check into the nearest insane asylum. There's no way in this lifetime we would have been friends, not in this one, the next one, or any of them. That's what forgiveness makes room for. Endless possibilities. Of all the great things I have experienced and been a part of and accomplished, I hold forgiving my family to be one of my biggest accomplishments and gifts. Now, if the other person isn't willing to change, don't wait, you change. Whether they get on board or not, your healing is what's important. I had one friend in particular that didn't get it. She thought I was bonkers in forgiving my stepmom. How could you? She said to me. But love says, how could I not? By the time my dad left this world, I had long made peace with the past. Or so I thought. I since learned that the thing with forgiveness is that it's like having to go down to renew your driver's license. As time goes on, that forgiveness may expire if you find there are deeper layers of that hurt and pain connected to the past. But it's not failure. It's not that you didn't forgive. You did. But now the deeper layers have floated to the surface out of the darkness for you to shine the light upon. Though we were friends by this point, my stepmom and I had had our battles over the years. And one day on the phone, a couple of years back, I ended up shrieking at the top of my lungs at her. Our conversation had been on the current event at that time and it had, be it had become contentious. And then it traveled back to the past where we had quite differing views on the sequence of events and on some events in general. And I became enraged. And before I knew it, I was giving voice to my nine-year-old self, letting her know that she nor any of the adults in the equation advocated to my being all right in the sudden loss of my mother. That they were all calloused and forgot about the little girl in the room who was hurting that every decision carried out didn't take that little girl's feelings to, into account. And it was everyone for him or him herself. The thing, the interesting thing about that is, even though I had lost control, the bottom line was I had never dealt with that level of pain. I had never looked at the pain that was still buried within me of my nine-year-old self who had no voice, not even to myself. I had never released that depth of pain. I was ignorant to his existence. 
when all of that stuff was happening, it was happening so fast. New stepmother, um, no mother. A matter of fact, I had changed schools. I was now having to bus, go take two buses a mile away from, from my home. I'm in an IGC class now. I'm about to get skipped. There's all of these life changes swirling around me and everybody had gone about their business. And so I just went along and whatever I was feeling got buried. <laughs> well, not in that phone call. I was in such a state that I even scared the crap out of my partner. By the end of the phone call, I was screaming and wailing like a banshee, totally out of control. And I had called him up after the fight in that state. I don't know what I said, but he came by so fast. That poor baby was so scared. And when the smoke cleared, or I should say when the waterworks slowed up and I was thinking more clearly, I began to see, wow. Some of the things I just said to you, that there was a level there within me that I had never even known was there, that had been piled upon year in and year out, year in and year out, that had come up to the surface and it was time to deal with it. There was no way to not. So in processing all of that, I forgave my stepmother again and I forgave myself because no matter what she said in that phone call, I allowed her to push my buttons. And I was not proud of my response. No matter how justified it might have been, I knew better. The only thing we truly have governance over is ourselves. How to become your own best friend is in relinquishing the hold on old slights, trespasses, and baggage. For while it doesn't change what happened, it changes how much power it has over you. Now when she and I approach an impasse on opinion, I back off. Because to me, it is not that important that we agree. I don't need her validation. I don't need anyone's validation. I don't need her to agree with my point of view. Even down to the past events. She does the best she can with what she knows, with what her base of beliefs are. And I see that, I see her. And her, just like me and everybody else that walks this earth, we are what we are based in. When you know better, you do better. We all want to be seen, but you must see yourself. Forgiveness opens the way to your inner compassion center. It is not the same as agreeing with someone. It is an agreement you make with yourself to do no harm to you. Harboring anger, guilt, fear, bitterness is doing harm to yourself. It robs you of a true presence, of being present. Take that anger and hurt. Don't deny it's there. Shine a light on it. Feel it. But then transmute it. Take it and channel it into things that are progressive, things that are positive, things that are useful. Lift the veil of anger like the fog lifts on a mountain. Acknowledge it's there. 
seek the lessons, forgive, and let it go. I'm quoting myself here. Forgiveness. It ain't for them. It's for you. It sets you free. And I know that we get stuck. I know that sometimes you want to forgive someone and you can't do it. You just feel like you can't do it. If you're stuck or know someone who is stuck and you want some tools to help release resistance to letting go and delve deeper into the practice of mindfulness, consider looking into my four week ebook series titled seven daily thoughts and mantras for mindfulness keys for stress relief and personal growth. I have created four colorful, beautiful, short guides for the busy person and they make wonderful gifts to yourself or to others at any time of the year. They are written, as I said, for the busy person and they are written in sections. So they're easily digestible. As I said, they're colorful. The colors will help shift your mood and they are tools that you can use. Seven daily thoughts and mantras for mindfulness, keys for stress relief and personal growth. They are on my website. The link is in the show notes or go to JackieBirdSpiritualWellness.com. And now it is time for a guided meditation. Have a clear picture in your mind of the person you wish to forgive. Find a quiet place, either sit or lie down or even stand, resting against a tree, the wall, whatever you prefer. Make sure you have at least five minutes to focus. Begin breathing in slowly through the nose and exhaling through the nose. Again, breathe in slowly and exhale slowly. Repeating again, breathing in through the nose. And exhaling also through the nose. Begin to breathe on your own time. And as you feel yourself relaxing, hold with your eyes closed in your mind's eye the person you wish to forgive or the situation you want to let go of or the feeling you want to let go of. Anything that is pressing on your soul right now. Hold it in your mind's eye. See it clearly. Breathe in. And exhale slowly. Again, breathe in. And exhale. 
as you breathe and let the breathing slow on your own time and feel yourself letting go say to yourself I am forgiving and exhale just breathe out again say I am forgiving in your mind and breathing out releasing this time I am forgiving and the person's name or the situation and releasing breathing out through the nose again breathing in saying to yourself I am forgiving name of the person situation whatever it is you want to release and on your exhale just breathe out repeating this breathe in I am forgiving person's name or situation breathing out and releasing and repeat this as much as you need to I am forgiving the person's name or situation then you'll breathe in I forgive you exhaling I forgive you breathing in repeating that on your breath I forgive you and releasing I forgive you Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. See the person or situation fading in your mind's eye fading away from you continue to breathe breathing in deeply and exhaling deeply repeat this as much as you need to I hope our time together was soothing, relaxing, and illuminating for you. I welcome your comments and questions here or on social media. Be sure to tag Jackie Bird Spiritual Wellness for a chance to have your comments read on a future episode. And to deepen your meditation experience with me, go to JackieBirdSpiritualWellness.com where you will find ebooks on stress relief, mindfulness, and personal growth. You can also book a Stress Busters guided meditation session. And if you dig the talk segment, guided meditation, and the music in this episode, those tracks are available on JackieBirdSpiritualWellness.com also. In the meantime, thank you for listening, and remember to roll with peace in mind.